Speak to you in Jesus' name this morning. At communion, uh, it is customary that we examine our relationship with God and with man, and we kind of traditionally say, I am at peace with God and man as far as I know, and desire communion. So we have peace with God, and we have peace with man. The question I have this morning is, is that the extent, should that be the extent of our peace? How is your heart this morning in relation to the circumstances that surround you? Okay, I'm at peace with my fellow man. I don't have any tiffs gone. I peace with God. But how about the circumstances that surround you? Each one of us are facing different circumstances. My heart has been with the farmers recently. Uh, I think it would take a lot of patience to wait for the rain to stop. And I'm not sure if we know when it's going to stop yet because it's on the forecast for quite a few more days. Um, we're all impacted a little bit by that. Uh, we own two lawnmowers, and somehow or the other, between the two of them, it's hard to keep one of them going. And uh, of course, I'm, there's one at Bible school, and that one decided to go on the fritz. And so, yeah, one of ours has a hydraulic pump that leaks, and you know, eight bucks a for oil and so you don't want to keep running that. And the other one, uh, it just decides any old time, any old where that it just doesn't mow it, you know, and you just find down through the yard and it's like turns the key off. Like, all right, so now what happens? You know? Can't figure that out, check gas pressure and uh, all this stuff and you know and you know, then it decides that well, today it might mow, so it mows that day and then shuts off again. Well, then, Bible school and decided it wanted to run on one cylinder instead of two. And, you know, so you finally get out in the yard, and then it's got all these muddy tracks and water so deep that it stole the engine. And, You only got one day to do it, you know, because it's, you know, rain the forecast for another five days and it's already too high. And, uh, <clears throat> old farmhouse, water in the basement, that's coming up. And I guess we're about sea level about right now. I don't know, but, so yeah, you got to put your shoes on. So if you're getting soaking wet feet and, Wife calls and says she has crushing chest pain, so you go to the hospital. And doctor has stands there and says, "Well, I don't know what's going on." After you spend all your money, and so 
So where where does this, uh, you know, we have all these fluid things around us, no pun intended today, but, you know, uh, the situations around us are so, are fluid, all right? So we, we face these things, and, and I, I don't know about you, but every once in a while, and thankfully it don't happen too often, but every once in a while I get in this, this, this mental thing. It's usually when my not, mind's not occupied, like when I am mowing grass, and finally, you know, the mower does work, and I mow the grass, you know. And you get started on this negative, something negative, and you just keep going around and around and around and around and around and around. And it's just, it, it just feeds. You ever, you ever have that happen to you? I, don't look so innocent, all right? Yeah. You know, it feeds itself. It feeds itself. And after a while, the whole world's wrong, nobody understands, and whatever, you know, and our pressures of our culture, Mennonite included sometimes, and uh, uh, is it possible for me to experience emotional, spiritual rest among all the challenges that I face on a day-to-day basis? Is it, is it possible? Can I come here, peace with God, peace with my fellow man, and at peace with the circumstances that I face, even though they may be varied at times from very little challenge to maybe a lot of challenge? Can I be at peace with that? Can I find emotional rest? Do I have to pop pills to make it? Does this whole scenario have anything to do with me and how I look at it? Or am I just a victim of my circumstances? Or should I get out my old Norman Vincent Peale books and read about the power of positive thinking? You know, you all you got to do is think positive and things are going to work out all right. So you have the power of positive thinking and that's going to take us through. Can I find peace? If I find it, can I keep it? Can I handle disappointment or crisis with peace? Is that possible? Can I rest with an unpredictable tomorrow? So when's it going to quit raining? Anybody know? Can you predict when it's going to quit raining? I, I don't know. Am I at peace with the fact that I don't know when it's going to quit raining? Am I at peace with the fact that maybe I don't know what tomorrow holds in regards to my health or something like that. 
for my children's health. Turn with me to Isaiah 26. Two verses. Isaiah 26, verse 3 and verse 4 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. <coughs> now, you believe that verse this morning? The Bible says that we can be perfect peace. Verse 4, Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. In all this fluid circumstances that you face, that I face, what is the rock that we can get a hold of? What is the rock that we can get a hold of? That will allow us to experience perfect peace in a time of in trying circumstances, difficult circumstances, unfortunate circumstances, unfair circumstances. So we have the proposition here of God promising person perfect peace. Thou will keep him in perfect peace. So that we have to understand by faith is possible. That's just either that or we throw the Bible away. One or two. And I'm not interested in throwing the Bible away. I hope you're not either. So some observations on this verse. And I want this to be an encouraging sermon this morning. I did I hope that's all the negative I have to say this morning is about the weather and, the, and all this kind of stuff. But I, I just did it to get us thinking. Get us, get us thinking. Are we at peace with our circumstances? Observation number one. That mental peace is a product of a disciplined mind. Now, I just told you where my mind goes if I don't stop it sometimes. Uh, you know what it says here? Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Now, if you take a trip and you stay overnight at a friend's house, how much miles have you traveled from the time you stopped there till you left in the morning? No brainer, right? Zero. You stayed there. Stayed at my friend's house. You stayed at a motel overnight. You stayed, yeah. You stopped. You know what this verse is saying? Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stopped on God. Stopped 
on God. You stay with him. We stay with him. Can I allow my mind to run unrestricted and expect that I'm going to be at peace with my circumstances? Absolutely not. I cannot allow my carnality, my natural carnality, to allow my mind to run downhill. Because that's where it's going to go. That's what you got with your first birthday present. That flesh, that carnality. That thing that runs us downhill. Who said what? What they said. Everybody's character flaws. Poor judgment. Whatever. We can't let our mind go there. We can't let it run downhill. Our carnality is going to let it go downhill. But, G but the Bible says that if we stop with God and we discipline our mind, we can have perfect peace. We've got to get out of that ditch. There is an unlimited amount of things you can worry about. Absolutely unlimited. I mean, you could make a list, and that list would never get off. It would never get off. All the things you could worry about, if you wanted. But we have to stop. Whose mind is stopped on thee. Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on these things. Discipline your mind to get out of the ditch, going around and around and down and down and down and down. Discipline our minds to think on good things. So I'm trying this yesterday morning. I'm thinking, you know, what can I think about? Um, about all these lawnmowers, okay? And so... I decided, well, I did a little testing on this lawnmower. I decided I need a spark plug at least. So we'll start with a spark plug. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I am so happy that I live in the United States of America. I am so happy I live in the United States of America. Because I can drive three directions in ten miles and get a spark plug anytime I want. Absolutely anytime I want. I don't have to wait three days. I don't have to wait... Five days, I don't have to go wait to go to the cities to get it. I don't, you know, I, I uh, you know, if you really want to find out how privileged you are, just go to Belize for a while. Go to Belize for a while. Um, yeah, if you don't get up by 7 o'clock in the morning, you don't get a shower because there ain't no water there. I mean, if you're on the top floor where the BS guys live. It's just in there. And, you know, so you're done. 
you're done from 10, uh, 7 o'clock in the morning to about 2 in the afternoon. That's it. And if you want to flush the toilet, you got to go downstairs and get a bucket and fill it with water and throw it in the tank, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. And you go to, you know, I'm saying to the rye, you know, where's the milk? Oh, we don't buy milk. Uh, that's $16 a gallon, Belgian. That's 8 bucks U.S. And it tastes horrible. I said, like, where's the cereal? Well, we don't buy that either because that's 8 bucks a box. Ah, okay. So, yeah, well, you know, diesel fuel six, six and a half a gallon. And, um, ah, all right. Um, so, auto parts. Yeah, you got to see the auto parts in Belize. This is kind of an eye opener, the auto parts in Belize, you know. Um, little shacky shanty thing and pit bull out front tied off the side during the day and he's in front during the night I guess I don't know but uh, I wouldn't want to tangle with him um, yeah you can go three directions and get spark plugs anytime you want so uh, I go to the other parts and I said tell the guy I said man I'm glad I live in the United States I said you know I, I you know I need two spark plugs and you had eight you know it's like and, and I'm thinking on the way home, you know, when was the longest I ever actually waited for a auto part? I, I think it's probably three days, maybe. And when a guy told me that, I said, well, this is a stretch. Three days to get an auto part? <clears throat> Whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely. You know, and I do have enough money to buy gas for the lawnmower. It's not like, well, did we budget money, gas money for the lawnmower? <clears throat> you know, we can look around and we say, you know, all these things is wrong. Maybe we should just, maybe we should just all pack up and move to Uruguay or something, you know, or some some country where they don't have charge so much for taxes and. I've heard people doing that. You know, they couldn't go along to church, so they get a couple of families together, and the three of them, they move to somewhere. And, and I'm not criticizing somebody that moves to a third world country for proper reasons, but if you're trying to get away from it all, I, I'm not sure that that's the solution to the problem. You know, we bump back some road in Belize. You know, you don't go over to 30 because it'll throw you right out of your seat. So, you know, we bumped back some road about 30 miles in a little sign off the side, some Mennonite colony back there. So, you know, I, I could kind of imagine that would be just it. You know, you get back there, you get away from everybody. You know, you just have your little thing. You make your own soap and, and uh, you know, all they eat rice and beans anyhow. You could live on a couple, maybe 100 bucks a year for food. And, you know, it would be so nice, really. Observation number two. Mental peace is a product of a trusting mind. It says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stopped on thee because he trusteth in thee. 
who want to destroy our mental and emotional peace, all you have to do is just pretty much distrust the government, distrust uh, your employer, distrust uh, you know your neighbors, distrust the people in church, distrust the preacher, and you know surely the bishop, and uh, you know you just have this general distrust that everybody's out to get you. You know they're just kind of out to get you. This is just the way it is. You know what happens? We start distrusting God too. Oh. So God don't care that it's keeping raining. Now where are we at? If God's people distrust God, who on the face of the earth are going to? Our society, our culture isn't. Not going to happen. We must trust God. We must trust God. We must trust that He knows what's best for me. When God says, Go out in the deep water, like He told Peter. Peter says, it don't make any sense to me, but if you say I've got to go out in deep water, I'll go out in deep water. Is that? Are we willing to do that? Does God send us out into deep water to drown? Or does he send us out in deep water to increase our faith and know that there's a catch out there? Some tremendous blessing that we could not even mentally fathom. I noticed something recently, I, I read something recently that Jesus said, cast your nets out and they got a net full of fishes. Now they should have had two or three at least. At least two. But they had one. God isn't out to destroy us. God isn't out to give us a hard time. He may be out to see what we're made out of. He may be out to see if we can trust him. And by the way, everybody else is not out to get us either. That's a lie of the devil. Third observation, mental peace is a product of a focused mind because he trusteth in thee. See, the, the, the truth to the fact is that people will leave you down. They will. They will disappoint us. The simple fact is that the weather may be too wet, uh, the simple fact is that uh, money's not going to solve our problems. You know, if I just had more money, 
That's typical American mentality. You know, if I had more money, I could jack the house up, put a whole new foundation, we could put some footer tile around it, and then we wouldn't have this problem of slopping around through water in the basement. That's all it takes is more money. And if you have a person that's really saturated in that mentality, it eventually goes back to the employer because he don't understand how much I'm worth and he don't pay me enough and so it's his fault that I'm sloshing around in water in my basement. It's all his fault. Because he trusteth in thee. It has to, our minds have to be focused Not just trust, but trust in God. Fourth observation is that mental peace is a product of a committed mind. He trusteth, trust ye, it says, <clears throat> trust ye in the Lord, today, everything goes all right, tomorrow, next week, Committed mind. Trust ye in the Lord forever. Like, I'm not giving up on this. I'm not letting these fluid things around me drag me away from God. Because I know he has his best for me, and I want to learn whatever that is, and I want to... I, I'm in it for the long haul. I'm here. I'm... By God's help, by God's grace, I'm here. To, I'm here. I'm, I'm here. You know, I, I, we're going to do it. We're, gonna, we're not going to stop. Jesus asked disciples where everybody was leaving. He said, you going to go too? Peter it is thinking straight that time. He said, Lord, where would we go? There's nowhere else to go. We don't have any other good options. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. If I'm going to make it, I have to understand where my strength is coming from. I have to understand where I'm going to have to stop. My thinking, I'm going to have to understand what, on, on what basis I'm going to survive life's experiences. Everlasting strength. Brothers and sisters, we, as God's people, are the most privileged people walking the face of this earth. And the closer we are to God, the better off we are. We can't afford to throw away knowingly anything in this book. It will to be our destruction, to our disadvantage. Success is right here. Even though people may call you 
uh, disadvantaged, blind, uneducated, ridiculous conservative Mennonite. And if those names are the names that people call people who believe what the Bible says, then I'm, then I guess that would be our cross to bear. That's just our cross to bear. Show me any other options that are better than this option right here. There are none. Absolutely none. Now turn with me to Psalm 89. We're going to read the first uh, 18 verses. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Thy faithfulness shalt thou establish in the very heavens. Notice that's where our rain's coming from. <laughs> I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn unto David that my servant, thy seed shall I establish forever and build up thy throne to all generations. Selah. All the heavens shall praise thy wonders, O Lord. Thy faithfulness also in the congregation of the saints. For who in the heaven can be compared unto the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened unto the Lord? God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. O Lord of hosts, who is a strong Lord like unto thee, or to thy faithfulness round about thee. Thou rulest the raging of the sea when the waves thereof arise. Thou stillest them. Thou hast broken Rahab in pieces, as one that is slain. Thou hast scattered thine enemies with thy strong arm. The heavens are thine, the earth is thine. As for the world and the fullness thereof, thou hast founded them. The north and the south, thou hast created them. Tabor and Hermon shall rejoice in thy name. Thou hast a mighty arm. Strong is thy hand, and high is thy right hand. Justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thee. Blessed, get this, is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. In thy name shall they rejoice all the day and in thy righteousness shall they be exalted. For thou art the glory of their strength, and in thy favor our horn shall be exalted. For the Lord is our defense, and the Holy One of Israel is our King. So, verse 15, what's the joyful sound? So, uh, the people that know the joyful sound, they shall walk. What is the joyful sound? We've got to know what the joyful sound is here if we're going to do all these things that it describes. Uh, so I, I decided, so what is the joyful sound? Well, quite frankly, I don't know exactly what the joyful sound would have been in the Old Testament, except 
the worship of saints at Jerusalem? I assume that. So equivalent of coming to church and everybody standing up and saying, I don't know, but I know who I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. God is able. With all the fluid circumstances around me, I don't know all about this. I can't understand it all. I can't explain it all, but I know him and I are going to make it through. And I'm depending on him. Joyful sound. So I left my imagination run a little bit. I don't know. The joyful sound of God saying, you're forgiven. God, I'm sorry. I'm a sinner. I need your saving grace. Would you forgive me? And God says, you're forgiven. That sound. The sound of being a new creature in Christ. You say, well, what sound is that? Well, I can tell you what the other sound is. Hang around some people that aren't new creatures in Christ, and they got a sound that I hope we don't sound like as God's people. Why and complaining and cursing and everything that ever else goes with it? The sound of a new creature in Christ. I am so blessed. I am so blessed. The sound of peace. You say, well, what sound's that? You ever hear the sound? turmoil I think a church sounds different when it's at peace than when it's not at peace hmm? big difference in the sound Tranquility with God, tranquility with each other, tranquility with my circumstances, peace. And then I stretch my imagination for the sound of eternal life. Do you hear the sound of angels this morning? To hear them saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the other ones on the other side says, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And they do that back and forth and back and forth for millions of years. And they don't get tired. And they... All oh, the saints singing and adoring God. Do you hear that this morning? Sinners don't. They hear screaming, crying, wailing, gnashing of teeth. That's what they hear. What do I hear? 
Blessed are the people. And by the way, this word mine, and I missed this on the first one, whose mind is stayed on thee, you know what that is interpreted in the English language the most times in the Bible? Your imagination. And I found that interesting. Doesn't our imagination just go wild sometimes? It just goes wild. Negatively. Does your imagination go wild for God? When we focus on God, can we imagine all the good things he's going to do for us, all the good things he has done? Can we, is our imagination, can we stretch our imagination to try to con, to try to just to begin, just begin to be, see how big God is? What percentage of God can you perceive this morning? I don't know how many decimal points it would be, but I think it would be under 1%. From my finite, like Dwight says, in my small mind, I think this is, you know, he uses that term as well. In my small mind, it would probably be a few decimal points before we get a couple, uh, you know, uh, numbers on behind there. We can't begin our imagination. The joyful sound, we will walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. In thy name will rejoice all the day long, and in thy righteousness they shall be exalted. We don't have to try to make ourselves somebody. God says, in my righteousness, you become somebody. You don't have to work on it. It comes. By stopping on me. For thou art the glory of their strength. And in thy favor our horn is exalted. For the Lord is my rock. My defense. My rock. He's the one that stabilizes me. He's the one. That is the Holy One of Israel. And he is our king. I'll say in closing, this might not be easy. You know why? Because we have an enemy that knows our weak points. He knows where our strength is coming. He is going to put up a serious battle for your mind. He's going to set up a serious battle for my mind. The question I ask myself along with you, who will win? In the battle of our mind. Brothers and sisters, we have the rock. Let's cling to 